Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. lady was crying out to God and there we were you see this there are people in your world right now crying out crying out to God and they don't know you're there and it takes so very little so very little he wants to touch them and he will use you to do that you don't have to know everything you know him I promise you the people are there they're waiting to be discovered and discipled by you And I can promise you that you're being equipped by Him for that. He will do it. You are being equipped for the disciples that will come into your life. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us that there are so many people who are willing to be discovered and discipled by us. We just have to be open to receiving and recognizing them. Who can you see crying out to the Lord and disciple? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 5 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 3 of his message. Denmark is historically, like for the last several years, it's just not really what you would call, you know, white hot for Jesus, you know? I mean, it's just, there are not that many Christians. They're there, you know, but there are not that many Christians there. And this lady was crying out to God, and there we were. You see this? There are people in your world right now crying out, crying out to God, and they don't know you're there. And it takes so very little, so very little. He wants to touch them, and he will use you to do that. You don't have to know everything. You know him. I promise you the people are there. They're waiting to be discovered and discipled by you. And I can promise you that you're being equipped by him for that. He will do it. But I began today by asking what one should look for in a pastor or a Christian leader. You know, Paul wrote extensively about it to Timothy and Titus. He said that a leader should be able to teach. He shouldn't be a drunkard, shouldn't be in it for the money. But I especially like what he wrote to the Christians at Philippi concerning Timothy as he prepared to send him to serve there in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, Paul wrote, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel. I love that. What should one look for in a pastor? Look for a man of proven character, someone who will sincerely seek the things of Christ Jesus as he cares for your state of being. That's what you should look for. He may not be the most eloquent or talented. He may not be the most knowledgeable. He will be diligent about studying the scriptures, about his own personal relationship, his own you know, personal growth as he seeks to pursue the, the things of Christ. 
And he'll live his life as a representative of the Lord Jesus to the best of his ability. One problem I've seen too often is what I call Corinthian leaders. They have more talent and knowledge and charisma than they do character. And there are far too many leading congregations today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul wrote to, to the Corinthian leaders. He said, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear what Paul was, what he was saying to these people? Man, I thank God for you guys. You, you have everything. He, he has enriched you in, in all utterance. He's like, you're, you're eloquent speakers. You're not, you're scholars. You guys are scholars. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift. You don't lack any spiritual gift. You're, they were the real deal. You see that? But then he goes on in chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're not able, for you're still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You see, Paul began by commending their giftedness, their talent, their eloquence, their knowledge, and then he rebukes them for their immaturity, their unspiritual Behavior. See, the problem that we have quite often in our churches today in the United States is that we have people who are well-educated, they're extremely knowledgeable, they're eloquent, they're charismatic, they're talented, they're entertaining, they're all these things, but they're spiritual babies. They're carnal, and they, they mislead people. And you and I, man, we need to be careful about this. We need to be aware that not everybody who writes a book is a leader we should be following. Not everybody who's on the TV, on the radio, is somebody that we should be listening to or, you know, following. We have to be wise about this. We need to recognize, you know, go, go, going back to 1 Peter chapter 5, he gives us evidence of immaturity in a leader. If they're attempting to, to lord it over people, to control people's lives, to dictate and, you know, it's like that's, that's not a mature leader. If they're in it for personal gain, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, a pastor should be able to live a normal life among his people. You know, we live in South Florida, so my family needs to be able to live kind of an average life in South Florida, right? You guys follow my, my rationale? And we do. But I see two extremes. I see on the one hand, quite often there's the attitude that, that pastors, because they're, they're supposed to be servants to the flock, that they should look like, you know, live like a servant to everyone else. In, in other words, they should have less than everyone else. In the, well, that's not, that's not really biblical or, or right. It's not what I find in the scripture. But on the other hand, I see situations where, and I had a conversation with a guy, this was about 20 years ago, and, and he was sharing with me, a, there was a, just a cultural rationale. It's like, we want our pastors to, to be doing really, really well. You know, I mean, it gives us hope. You know, we see them dressed in a $1,000 suit, driving a $100,000 automobile, and living in a million dollar, you know, it gives us hope. And I'm like, it shouldn't, because that's wrong. When I see a missionary, and I have too many times, I've seen missionaries that are they're serving in, a, in an area where virtually everyone lives, you know, like a little shanty made out of corrugated metal. 
with a dirt floor, no electricity, you know, one room, a fire in the, you know, 55-gallon drum with a fire in it, and that's the kitchen, and a bucket, and that's the bathroom, but they're living in a, in a condo that wouldn't be totally out of place here in North Beach. Their family has a television and air conditioning, and each child has its own bedroom, and, and they have two bathrooms. And You see what I'm saying? We would look at that condo and say, but the, you know, I mean, that's just basic human needs. Yeah, but they're living in a jungle community where nobody has that. So they're, they're living like kings. That's not right. And what does that look like here in South Florida? You know what it looks like. If he's driving in a Bentley, living in a multi-million dollar mansion, unless somebody gave it to him, but I got a problem with that. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's what God intended. I don't, why not? Because it's not setting the kind of example that should be set for the flock. The Bible tells us that seeking after personal gain, selfish ambition is a sin. It's not, a, you understand it's not a sin to be wealthy, but pursuing wealth, according to the Bible, that's a problem. That's a problem. Making the most of yourself, that's not a problem. Being diligent to, you know, to take advantage of, of every opportunity that God presents to you and to make the most of your talents and your intellect and all those things, that's just being a wise steward of what God has entrusted to you. But if you're doing it all for yourself, so you can talk about how rich you are, so you can talk about how smart you are, so that you can talk about how successful, so that you can, you know, it's like, you know, look at me, what I've accomplished. And that's a horrible example. By the way, that's why I have a big problem with Donald Trump. You can email me later. <laughs> but I'm praying for somebody that has just a little bit of character in the White House. Sooner or later, please God, before I die, let me see somebody that actually has some integrity in the White House. But he, he tells us in this passage that, that a pastor shouldn't view his position as, as a, you know, a, like giving him license to control people's lives or, you know, manipulate them or satisfy his own need to feel important or anything like that. And yet there is an element of authority tied to the responsibility of being the under shepherd of of a spiritual flock. And so he continues, Peter continues in verse five, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. I love that phrase, clothed with humility. Why? Because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will be back with another message from God's Word soon. But in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of previous broadcasts, as well as a link to our Facebook page. Like our page to keep up to date on everything happening at Main Thing Radio, and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Right now, we'd like to take a minute to tell you how you can support the ministry of Main Thing Radio. We're so blessed to be a part of God's kingdom advancement through these broadcasts. But just as with any ministry, there are significant costs involved. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in our continuing ministry here at Main Thing Radio? This month, we have a special thank you gift. For any donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a copy of Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace? This book takes a deep look at what grace means at a practical level in the midst of the trials and triumphs faced by everyday people. 
Yancey explores tragic historical events and discusses how we can find and show grace. If you feel led to contribute or would like more information, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click on Donate at the top of the page. From all of us at Main Thing Radio, we want to thank you for joining us for today's message. Be sure to tune in again right here on Main Thing Radio.